0: Scripture this morning is from Isaiah 40, chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will be fully exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall, they shall walk
1: and not faint. These are the word of God.
0: Thanks, Steve. Grace and peace to you, beloved. For those of you who have not yet met me yet, my name is Amy Wilson-Feltz, and I am the pastor here at Morningstar, and I'm really grateful to be with you on this third Sunday in the season of Lent. I invite you to take a deep breath with me. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight this morning. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're going to start this morning with a confession—one of mine. Are you ready? Now remember, Morning Star is like Planet Fitness—it's a judgment-free zone, right, Guillermo? So here's my confession: I like to eat pizza. There, I said it. I like to eat pizza. I'm not alone, right? This is not a popular admission, though, because carbohydrates have become the villain on our plate, right? We we know we're supposed to eat vegetables and fruits and lean proteins. And so if you're still a carb eater like myself, if you actually like bread, you know, the kind with wheat in it, we kind of have to whisper it these days. I like bread because the shame could be so great, too much to bear, I know that I need to eat the fruits and the vegetables. I get it, and I like those too. But I really like bread, and I really like cheese, especially when you put pepperoni on top of them. I heard of me too. See, it's not just Bon Jovi that we can bond over, Justy. It's pepperoni. Yes, but we are not alone. We're not alone. Did you know that Americans spend $30 billion on pizza every year? Thirty. Billion dollars, and I'm talking about gluten and dairy full pizza here. 30 billion dollars. That's 530 slices a second. The average American eats 46 slices a year. I think my family blows that number out of the water. On one hand, we have good taste. On the other hand, we are what we eat. Now, maybe you are aware of the health realities in our culture. About 75% of us claim to eat a healthy diet. (laughs) It is funny. Because 80% of us fail to eat the recommended number of servings of fruits and vegetables in a year. And 70% of us are overweight. Now, I am not a mathematician, but I know that those numbers do not work. If 75% of us eat a healthy diet, then 70% of us would not be overweight, right? So we we can't be telling the truth about one of those things. Well, our state of health is not determined only by what we eat. We know this. Our level of physical activity has something to do with it as well. In a given year, Americans spend $19 billion on gym memberships. Hello, Planet Fitness. It's not as much as we spend on pizza, but it's still quite a bit of money. We will spend a fortune trying to get in shape, fit from the outside in, while we are still filling our bodies with junk from the inside out. Now, we can all recognize by now that exercise has great benefits for our health, such as a lower resting heart rate, higher oxygen intake, and lower blood pressure. But we definitely counteract some of those benefits as we pump our bodies full of grease and high fructose corn syrup. This is something that I read years ago that has stuck with me, so just prepare yourself for this information. It is no longer necessary that Americans be immediately embalmed after we die. Because we are literally preserving ourselves with what we eat. This is the current situation. Yeah, you're welcome. You're not going to forget that. It's literally enough to make us sick. And the problem is compounded by the fact that our society tends to separate our physical health from all other forms of health, particularly the spiritual. And this reality is made even more problematic by the truth that we emphasized last week. For followers of Jesus, there's no such thing as a spiritual life. Life is spiritual. Everything we do, everything we do not do affects our spirituality. If we want to run and not be weary and walk and not be faint, as the prophet Isaiah says in the passage that Steve read for us this morning, we also have to recognize that in this human life, we have limits. The season of Lent is a great time for us to acknowledge these limits as we reflect on our own mortality and on our dependence on God. This 40-day journey to the cross invites us to place our hope in the resurrection of Jesus as we recognize once again that this life and what comes next are gifts from God. Our current worship series is called Margin, Creating Space to Breathe Deeply, and it's designed to help us take these ideas seriously By choosing to focus on our breath, we are allowing ourselves to be reminded every time we inhale and every time we exhale of the value of life. The space to breathe deeply, to pay attention to our breath, is what we are calling margin. Margin is the difference between our load and our limits the difference between our load and our limits. And we are borrowing this definition from a medical doctor named Richard A. Swinson who wrote the book On Margin and identifies four areas of life in which we need space to breathe deeply. And those four areas are emotional, physical, temporal, and financial. As we discussed last week and Earlier this morning, we don't need a fifth category for the spiritual because everything we do is spiritual. Last week, we focused on emotional margin, and today we turn to the physical. The connection between these two areas of life and margin could not be stronger, according to Dr. Swinson. In fact, if we want to be emotionally healthy, paying attention to our physical health will give us a jump start because being strong in one of these areas necessarily influences how strong we are in the other. Strength is a key theme in that passage from Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet that we read this morning, and it is such a famous passage that many of you probably know it by heart, or at least verse 31 But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah is such an interesting book. It is the first in what is known as the major prophets in the Old Testament. And that word major refers to the length of the book, not the importance of the words. Isaiah is composed of 66 chapters, and most likely these were written over two centuries and cover at least three important historical periods in the life of the people of Israel. The passage that we read today comes from chapter 40, which was written after the destruction of Jerusalem and the deportation of many Israelites to Babylon Now, we hear this referred to as the Babylonian exile in our holy text and in other historical documents. And obviously, this was a terrible time in the life of the people of God. They had embraced an identity as the children of God, as the beloved, the chosen, blessed to be a blessing, promised a name and a land and a population as numerous as the sky, the stars in the sky. And now their land had been ransacked, their way of life destroyed, many of them kidnapped from their homes and made to live in captivity in a foreign land, and the rest, a remnant, left in the ruins. So by the time the portion of Isaiah that we read today was written, the people had been asking for quite some time, how could this happen? Where is God in all of this? If we are the chosen people of God, is God powerless to stop this kind of a thing? Or has God simply abandoned us? Who are we now? So the book of Isaiah has plenty to say about the ways that the people of God had forgotten their purpose to be a blessing. This judgment, uh, judgment is included in this book. There's a clear call to repentance in these 66 chapters. In chapter 40, written at what would be the end of the exile, seeks to assure the Israelites, particularly those who have been displaced from their homes, that God still has compassion for them and God is still in control, that this terrible moment in history does not define them and that greater things are ahead. That they can endure this dehumanizing and demoralizing experience, knowing that freedom and liberation are coming. They can stay strong, in other words, not merely because of who they are, but because of who God is. That's the purpose of the reminder in verse 28. Have you not heard Have you not known God is everlasting, the creator of the ends of the earth? God does not grow faint or weary. God's understanding is unsearchable or unending. And what's more, in verse 29, we are told that God gives this same power to those who are faint. That God actually bestows strength in times of powerlessness So certainly the idea of strength that comes from the power of God is about more than our physical health, and that's why I think Isaiah is the most referenced book. It's the Old Testament book that is referenced most often in our New Testament. We see quotes and references to Isaiah 46 times in the Gospels, 30 times in the writings of Paul, 30 more times in Revelation alone. The words of Isaiah, especially the words that we read today, speak to us. They resonate with the human experience and the human spirit because they emphasize the link between our emotional and physical well-being. They emphasize our need for margin in both areas, and they remind us that the space between our load and our limits in one area gives us space to breathe. In the other. The truth is, beloved, God created us to grow spiritually, not in spite of the limitations of our human bodies, but in light of them. And this can be possible even in the most dire of circumstances. It doesn't mean that we're not going to suffer. Fatigue is something, especially, that affects us all at one time or another from the inside out. We could speak of fatigue as extreme tiredness or weakness, and we can feel this weariness in our bodies and in our souls most often at the same time. We can also describe fatigue as a lack of energy. Energy, of course, is classically defined as the capacity to do work. Some days we have more energy than others, but Isaiah 40 was written for those other days. For those days when our running has slowed to a walk and we're not even sure if we can take another step and even standing can feel like a tall order. It's at that point, the prophet says, that we can expect to be renewed, not by our own strength, but by God's strength. Strength as powerful as the wings of an eagle. The energy to run and not be weary, to walk and not grow faint. But there is something we must do first. Did you catch it? There is something we must do first. Wait. That's it. Wait. Verse 31 says, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strengths. Waiting happens in the margin, beloved. And that space between our load and our limits. And sometimes that margin feels like exile. There's no doubt about it. Sometimes margin feels like exile to us. But the value in waiting should not be underestimated. And the season of Lent is one of those times that gives us the opportunity to focus on that kind of mindfulness. And mindfulness is a key component of our church-wide practice of taking note. That's what these notebooks are all about. So if you have those, I invite you to get them out. And if you don't have one, you can go get one in the gathering space. They are available to you. And if it's too much to get it now, you can always grab it on the way out as well. We also have those stickers and those pens that Kathy mentioned as well to make it more fun. During the past couple of weeks, we have asked ourselves to identify areas in our life in which we need some margin. And then last week, we focused specifically on emotional margin, asking ourselves, when are we borrowing trouble? When are we worrying? So if you're just catching up to this practice now, don't worry about it. The first question is, in what areas of life could I use some margin? And the second question is, when do I find myself borrowing trouble? And if you're worshiping online and you would like to take note with one of these notebooks, just let us know and we'll make sure that you get one. So, our third question, with curiosity about our physical margin, is this When do I feel weary? When do I feel weary? So, I invite you to take some time to write down that question, and I will do the same. And remember, this practice is about observation. It's not about strategies just yet. It's about noticing what's going on in our lives. When do I feel weary? Again, our emotional and physical well-being are linked. They cannot be separated. And you and I know some of the basic tried and true ways that we can become more physically healthy. We know to go light on the pizza right? We know to be consistent in our physical activity. We know how important it is to eat foods that actually provide nutrition, such as fruits and vegetables and lean proteins. We know that we need to eat fewer calories than we expend. We know that our hearts and our muscles need regular exercise. We know that these practices are good for our emotional health as well as for our physical health. What we sometimes miss is the mindfulness that is needed to get the most out of these practices. The connection between the weariness in our bodies and our souls and the power that comes only from God to truly rest before we rise like eagles. Now, I always thought that the eagle was an interesting image for this passage. Certainly, the eagle is the most powerful bird known to humanity. But it's not the most powerful animal. Why didn't Isaiah talk about a tiger or a grizzly bear or an elephant even? Why do we have this image of the eagle? There's no denying that the eagle is a majestic animal. It serves as a symbol of power for the city of Rome. And for countries such as Austria and France and Germany and, of course, the United States of America, Morningstar is home to several eagle scouts, right? The eagle is a symbol of power. But why is it more powerful than one of these other stronger animals? Because only the eagle soars. The eagle can lift four times its body weight, but only in flight, but even the eagle does not fly 24-7. Its strength, its power to soar, depends on the appropriate amount of rest as much as it does on the brawn of its muscles and its wings. It is in rest and truly waiting in the margin, in that that space between our load and our limits, that we can recognize the source of our power, the source of our energy, the source of our breath. And then breathe deeply, trusting that while God's understanding, God's knowledge is unsearchable, meaning unending, it's not completely unknowable to us if we're willing to wait for it, to acknowledge our fatigue as a sign of our natural human limits and to listen in the stillness as our energy to soar is recharged once again. By the source of all life. Amen. Amen.
1: Please pray with me. God of life. We come to you for renewal. We come to you just as we are, to draw from you the source of energy that never runs out. You urge us to wait for you, to be still and know you. Quiet our spirits, God, to feel secure in your presence Loving God, we pray for the people of Ukraine and for all your precious children at risk and in fear, that you will be close to them and comfort them. We pray for world leaders, for compassion, strength, and wisdom to guide their choices. We pray for the world that in this moment of crisis we may reach out in solidarity to our brothers and sisters in need. We raise before you those we know and love who are ill, sad, or in need. We pray for all who care for them, at home or in the hospital. We bring before you all those on our hearts in need of your healing mercies, and compassionate love. Help us to focus on the love you have given to us in Jesus Christ. Let us know fully that you are with us and empower us to take your love out into the world and use it for good. With thanks for all the wonders of this world that you have entrusted to our care. Amen.